Welcome to the Teacher's Podcast, in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life-work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in. In this episode, I interviewed the award-winning author Tom Palmer. Tom has had a successful writing career, publishing 49 books to date with more in the pipeline. It was lovely to catch up with Tom as he's very local to us in Halifax. And talking to Tom, I could really see why he inspires children to write after he grew up in challenging circumstances, but he turned it around and he believed in himself. One thing that was really apparent to me was Tom's humility. I congratulated him on publishing 49 books and he replied that he just felt really lucky. I think you'll find it really interesting listening to how Tom writes and plans his stories and how he inspires children to write too. Let's get to the interview. Welcome Tom to the Teachers Podcast. Thank you for having me along. Um, I'm just so happy that you've come along because teachers love you. Um, you're really popular with teachers, you've oh, written good. so many books and I just think I'm really interested to see what you're going to say and um, I think the teacher's going to be interested as well. Uh, so thank you, you're looking really nervous right now. So. <laughs> I, I always look like this. <laughs> so no need to be nervous. Um, right. Tom ha- hasn't travelled very far because um, we're going from the same ground um, in Halifax. Correct. Right. Yep. Um, so I'm going to ask you... Some questions, are you ready? I am ready. Brilliant. Right, so I want people to know who you are and where you kind of come from. So can you give me kind of a background of your life story, basically, and how you got into writing? Um, I was born in Leeds mm-hmm. and brought up in Leeds. Um, I It was quite confused. I was adopted and okay. fostered, well, fostered and adopted mm-hmm. early on. I had quite a complicated early-ish life. I had like three three dads at various different times and I think that's influenced a lot of what I write. Yeah. yeah. Um, then when I was at school I struggled a lot with reading. I mm-hmm. didn't like reading and my mum used my love of football to encourage me to mm-hmm. read about football. So match reports in newspapers, magazines and books. Yeah. Gradually I started to love reading mm-hmm. and wanted to be a writer. Um, and then I had a career in Waterstones Bookshop. I worked for Bradford Libraries, libraries across mm-hmm. York, um, Yorkshire, then the UK. Worked for the Reading Agency, the National Literacy Trust. Mm-hmm. And then I got my first um, book deal with Puffin. Wow. 12 years ago. And since then, I've been a full-time writer, both writing the books, but also visiting um, schools and doing um, author days. That's amazing, 12 years. So you've been an author for 12 years. What does a day look like as an author? There's different kinds of days. <laughs> um, <coughs> tomorrow, I'm in a school all day. So yeah, that's okay. me walking to the station at six in the morning, going to yeah. Preston tomorrow to do a school visit. Yeah. Then coming home. But on the trains, I'll have about four hours on, no, probably four to five hours on trains yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on, I will write at least half of that time I'll be writing. Right. Um, today, today was supposed to be a writing day. In theory, today was um, at home all morning writing, mm-hmm. but... I didn't do any because other things happened. Yeah. But that's that's when you work from home. That, yes. That's what happens. But and ideally, I'd write all morning, sort of from 
when my daughter leaves for school till lunchtime, yeah. one o'clock, and then in the afternoon I do admin stuff. Yeah. Um, and so over the week I'll do three days in schools and usually Monday, Friday, um, at home working, writing. And do you find you work better sort of in the morning when you're fresh as well? Yes. And so you, I'm just like jumping in now with questions that I've not told you I'm uh, going to ask, but I'm just interested. So you, so you set yourself time to write, but do you kind of, do you think of your ideas like when you're doing something else, like I get ideas like when I'm going for a walk and then write them down and then just flesh them out later? Yeah, definitely. And I always have a little notebook with me Mm -hmm. as much as, as much as I can. And I'll have an idea for a story. Um, yeah. I'll see something in the newspaper, or yeah. um, I'll hear overhear something. And I'll just write stuff down. I don't keep a formal notebook, but I always write stuff down. And like, I'll put if I'm working on a project and I really want to focus on that, yeah. I'll just scribble a few notes down in the back of um, what I call my workbook. Yeah. Um, and then come back to just it later. later. And sometimes you come back to it, and it's a rubbish idea, and you think. That would be a really bad book, but sometimes but you don't you want think, to lose it, though. No, but but sometimes it's something that becomes one of these. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So how many how many book ideas do you have like at the moment that you just like? I've got back? in 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 the back each year the back of the diary. I write down all my book ideas um, and then add to them. Yeah. And then at the end of each year, I transfer the ideas and I just drop the the, the ideas I'm not interested in anymore. And yeah. so I've got a list. Like I've got. Like three or four ideas, I know I'll probably write one of them next year, but I can't right. think about them now because I'm thinking about. Yeah, if you, you get them too mixed up, won't yeah, you? Yeah, I would. Oh, that's really good. So, how much do you actually plan out um, the story? You plan it out? Yeah, I should have brought some stuff, but I'll, the book I'm writing now, which is about a group of children who's, who survived the Holocaust mm. and were orphans and came to live at Lake Windermere. Yeah. Um, I've been researching and planning that for about three months. Wow. I've uh, well, and for the last three weeks, I've been writing it. Yeah. And um, but the more research and everything you get in place, the better. That's extreme. A book like a Roy the Rovers book, because I know the world. I've written four of these already. Because I know the world. That yeah. I know all the characters. And it's the, yeah, the research. I might have to research. Like in book four, they go to Norway on tour, so I had to do a yeah. bit of research. But on the whole, I could write this in six weeks with. Yeah. A week's planning but yeah. if i'm writing about something completely new such as parachuting dogs in world war ii yeah um i would do like six to eight weeks research so when you say that. research um you know is that going to the library and yeah yeah can and things? yeah so for this um i read lots about d-day i watched films to do with d-day like, and i watched band of brothers for instance but this is great though because you know this is why teachers love your books because they can do that as part of the topic, knowing yeah. that they don't have to do all that research because oh, yeah. you've done it for them. Absolutely, and in the back of the books with Barrington Stoke, they they they'll like let me put in resources as well to do with facts and stuff like that. Information that'll, as well. That'll reinforce the book. But I went to Normandy. In fact, this is about a school trip. A boy who goes on a school trip. Is this to your Normandy. latest book? Yeah, because I did. I did yeah. see that. Yeah, and they. They went on a school trip, and I, I actually went with a school on a school trip to Normandy mm. as my research. So st- I try to get into places. If my characters are going to places, if possible, I try to get into those places. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's, you know, it's going to be real. Isn't yeah, it? absolutely. Like, for instance, um, this is about a fell runner, a girl who's yeah. a fell runner now, but um, her great-great-granddad was a famous fell runner from 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the fell races that... The character does who's based on a real person i did those races wow. so i knew 
Well, not how he felt because like... he used to win races and I'm usually <laughs> yeah. near the back. But, but, but you, you, you had a feeling. Yeah, of it, but though. it's like, I think it's a bit like acting because you, yeah. you have to be your character, don't you? You do. I think that's what I try. Anyway. Yeah, which is amazing because you do have to, I personally think I would find it hard to create all these characters and remember all their different traits and things like that. So I keep a scrapbook. So I've got yeah. a scrapbook with a photo of each character. Yeah. Or a drawing if yeah. I really have to. Um, then I do a list of stuff and there'll be like a list of 20, 30 things about them. Yeah. And you won't even mention half of them in the book, but you can create a character like yeah. what they're like. And it, it reminds you what they're like and what their personality is yeah. going to be like, I think. Yeah, that's amazing. I think, I think I'd find it hard to sort of make a decision. Like, I'd be like, oh, did they like mushrooms or not? Yeah. <laughs> <That kind of thing. laughs> Sounds, you probably don't do it that granular, then. No, yeah, do you do? Do you? Yeah, and if you can like, like what what they like to drink or what kind of animal they like, and right. it kind of just helps flesh out what a character's like. Yeah. And you don't put it in the book. You don't have them eating mushrooms, but you know they're the kind of person who likes mushrooms. Yeah. And if they're a child, that can often be quite a quirky child. Yeah, that's my true. experience. Children aren't that keen on. No, them. I think if there's one thing people don't like, it's definitely mushrooms. Yeah. Um, wow, thank you. I love where that went. Yeah. <laughs> that was really good. Um, okay, so you've had a few different jobs which you've talked about. Which was your favourite one that wasn't being an author? My favourite job, other than being an author, yeah. was um, my first ever job, which was to be a milkman. Right, which I cool. adored. Yeah. I just loved running around the streets. Being out and about. Without any other people around. Yeah, no, I can see. Yeah. And I like being up early because there's something yeah. special about nobody yeah. being around. That's right. I get that, yeah. Um, so how do you get your inspiration then for writing? Um, different places. So it can come from my real life. So I'm into football. So I write a lot about football. Um, I like fell running. My daughter was doing a lot of fell mm-hmm. running. So I wrote about a girl who was a fell yeah. runner, cross-country yeah. runner. We got a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I want to write about a dog, but I can't just write about my dog because that's boring, probably. So I think what's what's coming up? Um, so D- the anniversary of D-Day was coming up. Yeah. So I look, yeah. I sort of cast into the future what anniversaries are coming up. Mm-hmm. Not, as, And I don't think that's cynical. I think like, like publishers are more likely to publish a book yeah. if I link it to it's an clever. anniversary that's coming up. Yeah. And I, I've, I've, every fourth book I write doesn't get published, so mm-hmm. I have to really work hard to... To make sure I'm writing something publishers want, because there's no there's no definite if I write this a book it's going to get published. So mm-hmm. I have to make it as well as what I want to do commercially viable as well. Have you thought about self publishing at all? I have. I've done. I did it once, and it's distribution is it's just hard. so expensive, and then yeah, yeah. and then getting getting bookshops and people to stock it. Yeah. Nowadays, it's I guess almost what's hard impossible. is I don't think schools are yet buying from Amazon, are they? No. Which makes it more difficult. Yeah. yeah. In the future, maybe. I know. Well, things are changing, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So you, you just yeah. don't know, do you? Have you ever wanted to be a teacher? I would. I would definitely be a teacher. I would never have dared before. When I was before I was a writer, I would never have dared stand up in front of a class of children. So I never mm-hmm. considered it. But being a writer, children's writer, you can't just write no. unless you're a genius or already a celebrity. Um, you, you have to write and you have to go and talk to children and yeah. gradually I've built myself up to be relatively confident in the classroom or mm-hmm. in the school hall and um, I enjoy that. However, I just go in, talk, chat and mm. leave. I don't have to do all the admin, all the um, the planning, mm. all the marking, 
all the internal politics and in which mm -hmm. I see in staff rooms and yeah, yeah. um I, it's something that I would like to do but I'm aware it's not just I I I get the nice the what I well I don't know I get what I, I think understand. is the nicest bit of teaching yeah. but it's really do you know what's really nice about what you've said is you recognize all yeah. those things and I think teachers will appreciate the fact yeah. that you recognize that because a lot of people don't yeah um so it definitely proves you've been there and you've been listening yeah. um, to what's going on. Um, so what was it that made you get into writing then? Because I didn't like reading. Once I did get into reading, I really admired authors. I thought authors were these amazing, amazing godlike people who could make you laugh, cry, yeah. want to know more, want to travel the world. Yeah. And, which yeah. is, when I started reading, I, I travelled to places that I'd read about in books. That's good. Places where authors were from, mm -hmm. even to graves of authors who I really admired because I wanted yeah. just to, I don't know, be sort of pay my respect to them, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and um, that made me look up to authors. So I tried to write myself, particularly like um, at a time when I was about 20, my dad was really ill and yeah. I found writing quite a helpful way of sort of sorting my head out. And yeah. um, so it was those two things sort of coincided and that, maybe want to try to be a writer I think but it and, but I discovered what writers are not the great you know godlike angelic creatures they're just normal people mm. who work really hard and want to try and tell a story and anyone could be a writer if they want to be there's it's not this special thing that maybe I thought it was but in a good way yeah yeah and I think and when we had a conversation before you mentioned that that's what you tell children as well which... yeah absolutely because because I know I know I know of authors who go into schools and say well in this classroom two or three of you could be writers and I'm really here to work with you and help mm. bring you on I, when I go into a classroom I want everyone to see like I when I when I started secondary school mm. I wasn't allowed to do English literature or French or any foreign language because my English grammar and all that was so low because I didn't read for pleasure right. and so I go in and I talk about reading for pleasure yeah. I talk about how and that's a big thing at the moment as well I, yeah and I started I started not not so well it didn't go so well but I sort of found reading for pleasure and that sort of was a springboard to me doing okay right. you know for myself and and being happy not just doing well academically and yeah. professionally but being happier because I read mm. books yeah wow that's brilliant thank you um so do you read a lot now then I do Yes, yeah. I read for work, so I'm currently reading a book about the beginner's guide to Judaism, because right, yeah, yeah. all my characters are Jewish, mm -hmm. and although I had Jewish friends at school and I went around to the houses, I've, I didn't know the sort of the, the context behind it, yeah, so yeah. not much of it will go in the book, but I need to be aware of, aware of yeah, stuff, yeah. Um, but I'll read Thriller, the next book I'm going to read is going to probably Robert Harris's new one, I mm -hmm. like his historical books, I like mm -hmm. Bernard Cornwell. Um, Rosemary Sutcliffe, the historical author for children who used to be really popular, but is sort of less popular now, I suppose. Yeah, brilliant. So you do. Um, I do. Did you ever fancy yourself as a footballer, as soon as you write a lot of football books? I did, but yeah. <laughs> Doesn't everyone? Yeah. Well, not me, but lots of yeah. boys and girls. Indeed, <laughs> yeah. Um, so how many books have you written now then? 49 that got published. Um, and another 10 or so that didn't get published because publishers didn't like them enough they didn't or get published reneged yet. on the deals. Or, but, you yeah. know, when you self-publish them. I could, yeah. It's, yeah, although in my agent, so I get about, I get three of these published a year and one yeah. historical novice at the moment. Yeah. That's where I'm at. And my agent does, rightfully, 
doesn't want me to self-publish anymore because if I've got a book coming out in theory every three months, mm. it is going to dilute the effect that yeah, the ones with commercial mean. publishers have out, which yeah. will irritate my they publishers. Want, yeah. They might sell less and therefore I won't get any more deals yeah. with with prop, well not proper with commercial publishers or yeah. independent publishers who will yeah. promote the books properly as opposed to me yeah. doing them myself. I understand. So it's a, it's a decision, yeah. But if everything goes a bit wrong, I'll start sort of sort of firing them out every six months or so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here's an independent one, and this is how you get it. Um, <laughs> so, so, why books for children then? I I didn't read when I was that age. I didn't read until I was for pleasure until I was seventeen, and mm-hmm. and but when I started being a writer. I used to go into schools, I wrote a book about football for adults, but I went mm-hmm. into schools to talk about it. And children in schools told me about books like by authors like Anthony Horowitz and mm-hmm. Charlie Higson and Rosemary Sutcliffe and authors like that. And so I read those books the children had recommended to me and I realised that that's what I'd missed out on mm. children's books. And so I read a lot of children's books and then I just felt, I love writing for children. You, with children, you are writing a story yeah the everything is about the story and then the rest you know you can have history coming into it you can have characters you can have moral lessons whatever whatever you want but if you don't have a story yeah it fails whereas i think with adults a lot of adult books are more clever clever and not and don't always think that the story is a central thing whereas as you know and all your viewers know um it's got to have a good story yeah you kind of always can always be guessing kite with an adult book whereas a child's book it's yeah. just about transportation yeah. to somewhere and I remember yeah. reading as a child books like that and you know that's probably why I don't read as much as an adult because it's not as good like you no, say no. the yeah. children's books are fantastic and and there's for adults as well there's so many children's books that adults get loads out of yeah it's just yeah. but there's a slight stigma attached to them but I don't, I don't think that's true among teachers because teachers know yeah but you do you do get you do get people who don't know saying, oh, right, our children's books, so that must be quite easy. Right, because if he yeah. it, it's not yeah. at all, Which, is it? I, I, having written adult books as well, I think writing for children is harder because yeah. you, you, you cannot afford to let them get bored. I, I agree um, because at Class and Secrets, one of the things that uh, we do is write texts and um, I started uh, doing that. And one of the things I found hardest was writing for the youngest children yeah, because of the yeah. words you can't use. No. Um, it's more about what you can't put in it, which is yeah. really difficult. It so is. I'm with you. Well, yeah. I understand. I think you, you're completely right. But I um, love it. I love writing for children. It makes me really happy. And yeah. yeah. Which is what you want in life. It is. And that's, that's such absolutely. a nice thing to be able to say to children. I, uh, you know, my job is writing books for children and that makes me happy yeah. because kind of gives children... Um, a kind of want to go off and and be happy, do mm. something that makes them happy. Right, I'm going to ask you one more question then before we um, switch off to live because I've realised that I've asked you more questions than I said I would on the live. Um, okay. Do you get a lot of girls reading your books then as seen as quite a few of them are footballers? <laughs> I do, yeah. And one thing I've always focused on as much as possible or tried to persuade publishers to do Mm-hmm. we should say, is writing books where girls are the main characters. So this is about a girl who sets up a secret football team oh, in wow. her school. Yeah. Um, this is about two girls who become fighter pilots. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this is about a girl who's a fell runner. But I'm not just just doing books with I'm doing books with girls and and boys yeah, in them. Yeah. So um, this is a girl boy duo who solve who solve history crimes. Although this is Roy the Rovers, um, there's a very um, strong character. Um, it's kind of fifty fifty about Roy, um, but also about his his sister. Um, All right, yeah. Rocky, and so that it's it's girls and boys sort of in the fiction, and and that yeah. I think I think when I go into schools, you still get you still get boys buying some books and girls buying other books, but yeah. it used to be a much harder line between the two. The now you will now you will get um, the boys reading the history books. These might have been more likely to be bought by girls mm -hmm. and the, the football ones more by boys but I think now things are different and it's sort of it's it's blending I think that's I I think it's to do with the the gatekeepers of children's literature mm -hmm. book book shops libraries teachers parents are mm -hmm. trying to get encourage their children to read more broadly and not just mm -hmm. the pink books or yeah, the right. blue books and like I, I know, like I know, school libraries where where there was a girls section, a boys section, like a few years ago, and that's now not, mm. you know, not the case. And it's I, so I think right. I think writers have always tried to write yeah. for girls and boys, but there are there are sort of and there are there because it's a business. Yeah. There are there are commercial sort of there's things that happen that 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 fix things and pigeonhole yeah. things and. Yeah. But I think that is blurring now. And look at the way the BBC is now with women's sport. Mm. It's three years ago. It's just astonishing how it's changed. Mm. And, and hopefully that's happening with children's books as yeah. well. I think it's important just for them to to be able to read everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had Heather Wright from Reading Rocks on the podcast a few weeks ago. And one of the questions was, you know, how would you um, engage boys in reading? And she said, whatever you do to engage boys with reading should be exactly what you do for girls. Yeah. Um, and I thought, yeah, she's right. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be treating them separately. It no. should be like, right, we're going to read a book about this. Everyone's going to read a book about this, and everybody's going to read about a book about that. And you choose then afterwards what yeah. you like and what you enjoy. I've I've had publishers, I've had publishers. I won't say which, but um, you can but, tell me after <laughs> <laughs> that have have insisted a boy goes on the cover with a book about a girl doing sport, even though it's about a girl doing sport. They wanted a boy on the cover because they don't think it will sell if it's got a girl on the cover. One of the um, this was fortunately published by Barrington Stoke in the end, who were thrilled to have a girl as the main character. But yeah. one of the publishers who rejected it wanted to publish it, yeah. but said we'll only publish it if you change the main character Lily into a boy. Into a boy, and because they thought it would sell more copies. But I'm not, I'm not having that. I just yeah. and and it. But this, this has been my most successful book. Yeah. It's won four awards, including a national one. Wow. Um, Review-wise, sales-wise, it's been my success, most successful book. So they were wrong. That so publisher was... They're was, kicking themselves now. They are. They, yeah, well, yeah. hopefully, but not too hard. <laughs> not too hard, just in case you yeah. have But then, I mean, like, Harry Potter was rejected 38 times. This is it, and it's this is why those other it? 10 books are going to come back out again. I hope so. So you mentioned you have a daughter and she's 15. She is. Um, so does she read your books or did she read your books in the past? Yeah, I mean, over my career, she's read pretty much all of them and um, made some really good comments. So be before you've published them then? Yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, Armistice Runner was really good because mm -hmm. um, she was, she did a lot of fell, I mean, she still runs, but she was doing yeah. a lot of fell running. And um, she was, she would say, and I tried my best to get it right, but she would say, 
a 14 year old girl wouldn't think that say that you know do that and she yeah. would you know and and would or you how say that is your daughter the character or no, somebody else yeah it's someone else and she's got another name yeah. i mean there are there are I, I it's based on like spending a couple of years standing on hillsides with groups of yeah. girls of that age running up and down hills and um, yeah, yeah. so they're all like a blend of different characters and yeah. even the the baddies aren't one person; they're sort of a collection. Collection. <laughs> oh no, I understand. <laughs> Not yeah. that people are bad, obviously. No, but you won't. You wouldn't want to sort of base it just on one. No, one person, no, would you? no. And I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do that to my daughter either. Like, because I don't know if you've seen what's that film? What's that film where they got Gone Girl? Where I've they seen it? Oh, like so this this very disturbed woman. Mm. Um, in the film, who's like the focus of the the film, mm-hmm. she's it kind of suggests that she's troubled because her mum and dad co-wrote and illustrated children's books about this perfect little girl, and she, but it was based on her, and she went imperfect, and they kept her perfect in the books, and so ah. I think you, if you if you're yeah. using your children's worlds in books, you've got to distance it, yeah, which yeah. I have. So with you, um, obviously you read a lot of books. Do you find yourself watching a lot of films as well, just yeah. to be immersed in the stories all the time? Yeah, I mean, currently, because I'm writing about the Holocaust, mm-hmm. um, I'm watching a lot of films about that, which is yeah horrific. Do you do you watch them by yourself, or do you kind of get your wife on board? Um, both, but you, the, the D-Day stuff, I watch most of that by myself. No, actually, no, I watched it with the dog. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Who's featured? <laughs> so my, my dog's in the book, Finn, so... He's one of the characters in the book, and so. So your actual dog is in the book. Yeah, yeah, but oh, I lent it. I've lent it to this boy called Jack. So well, that's that's nice. I hope Jack looked after yeah, him. <laughs> he did. He was very good. Um, so Louise, um, she works at Custom Secrets. Um, so she said that um, it looks from your website that you do school visits. Yes. Um, and obviously, you've mentioned that you do. Um, so she wondered how a school would organise a visit with you. Schools usually get in touch via um, my website, which is tompalmer.co.uk, mm-hmm. and there's section. There's loads of free resources for a start. Every book has yeah. got an exceptional amount of free resources that yeah. um, my wife and I sort of do together. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, but then you can contact me via the website, and yeah. I can do stuff around World War Two, World War One, football, rugby, and all sorts of different things. And I, I, sort of, I suppose it's like like 15, 20 different things I can do. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh brilliant, so all the information's there. Yeah, um, yeah. So she wants to know, what do you enjoy most about your work in schools? The chatting, I mean I do, I have sort of set piece events, like I've got mm-hmm. the football reading game. Yeah. So I do a quiz encouraging children to talk about what they like to read mm-hmm. and down to quiz questions, then we have a penalty shootout and mm-hmm. it's really good fun and it's very competitive and, and the stuff like that. I love that, but at the end I always leave 15 minutes to chat and sometimes longer I'll just go into a classroom and we'll chat about writing for an hour. Mm -hmm. I just love those conversations Mm. and I love being as honest as I possibly can Mm. because I'm an outsider, I don't, you know, I don't don't need to have a teacherly sort of um, relationship. Kind of be the good cop in some Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm alongside the teacher talking to the children and I love the the conversations and it really helps me as a writer. So like if I went in, when I go into school tomorrow, I've got a problem with the book I'm writing now. Mm-hmm. If it comes up, I'll talk to children. I'll say, so would you have them do that or do that? And That's I'll, brilliant. And I, I, we still haven't confirmed the title of the current book. So I'm yeah. like, if I get the chance to say, 
these are three possible titles, which do you like and why? And I think children feel, like that. Yeah, they'll feel involved they and do. it kind of works both ways. Yeah. I guess as well, especially if the teacher's got a specific agenda um, and you're coming in kind of as the good cop, yeah. as the outsider, Yeah. they kind of feel like you're... Um, that you're not involved in whatever you say goes rather than the fact that you're um, working undercover. Yeah, exactly. And like with, with, with this, I wanted to, I live in Yorkshire, mm-hmm. as you know, and it's set in Cumbria. Mm-hmm. So I went to a school um, in, in Cumbria and mm-hmm. they read it before it was published and they yeah. they just sort of made me rethink different bits from, mm-hmm. a, from a Cumbrian point of view. And, yeah. and that I think that's really important that if I don't yeah. have an area of expertise, I can get it off someone else and like so like with this book I went on a school trip with these yeah. children they helped me plan the book mm-hmm. they read the first draft of it commented mm-hmm. on it yeah. um, and I, I gave them all you know a copy of the book yeah. and thanked yeah. them in the book just because that I can make my books better by working with other people not yeah. just my editor but yeah. other people yeah. to make my books as good as I can and that's better for the reader it is better for the reader and it's really exciting for you and everyone who gets oh, to be brilliant. involved taking them along for the ride. I love and that. The one I'm writing now is about these children who lived in the Lake District 75 years ago. Mm-hmm. Some of them are still alive. Wow. So some of them are in the 90s and I've been talking to them mm-hmm. um, and I'm hoping that some of them will read the book and yeah. they will put me right. You know, yeah, they will, yeah. How could I possibly imagine? Definitely a 90-year-old like, will put you yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. How <laughs> could I imagine what yeah. that must have been like to come here from concentration yeah. camps mm-hmm. and... And so I want them to read it and I want them to, to get rid of, to tell me what is wrong so I can make it authentic so that they can be proud of it as a book as well as me, hopefully. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. It's, re- it's a really good way to work. Yeah. Um, we, we, we're always asking for feedback and I just think once you get over the fact that you're going to have to change things, it's such a useful thing because yeah. it's just better for everybody, yeah, isn't it? it is. yeah. And then you, you get over the idea that I have created it, it is mine, I am the sole source of, of all this light and yeah, glory. Yeah. It's, it's a collaborative thing and this, and in, in the theory, the, yeah, the book is the focus of it yeah. or even the relationship between the book and the reader yeah. is where the power happens and it's not about the author being the big yeah. look at me, aren't I amazing wow. thing. Thank you. And um, Louise has got another question. She says, um, what, what books have you seen in use in the classroom um, that are yours, obviously? A few. Um, I know, like, um, Over the Line, which isn't here, is used quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has been used loads in classrooms around the armistice. Yeah. Um, but I was in a school in Birmingham a few months ago, and I was in between my sessions, and there was, they were studying Over the Line, which is about two Huddersfield town players mm-hmm. who went to fight in World War I. Right. And... Um, they were they were reading it aloud and um, listening to it being read aloud was was lovely. And then they asked me to read a chapter, and it wasn't part of what I was supposed to do. Yeah. But I read a chapter, and I loved it. I really, yeah. I just loved the way they were. They knew the characters like, like you the did. way they were, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was really nice. To, and to know that like this this classroom, I know there's a class reading this today. Yeah, some you know in the, yeah. this country, I know because the teachers emailed me and. Yeah. Um, they they will read it and they will email me questions as yeah. well and I'll answer them and which is brilliant yeah and although that takes up a bit of time for me it's a satisfying and b yeah. a good way of giving more than just the story I suppose yeah that's amazing um, in fact I do know Simon Hunt talked about actually skyping an author I think yeah um, I don't know he might have actually I, skyped you before yeah because I know he does that quite a bit yeah I've done a bit of that as well yeah yeah, that's, yeah. Good. Oh, that's amazing thank you um, have you ever 
Have you kind of got over walking into a school and seeing your books there? No, I love it. <laughs> Is it like, oh, wow? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be yeah. like that as well. And my wife, my wife, before I go into a school, she'll send posters and materials and resources that the schools can or don't have to use in advance. And you see a poster sometimes in... Mm. Or if you go if you go into a school and they know who you are, it's amazing. Yeah, and it's yeah. not because you feel like aren't I wonderful, but you feel like this is going to be a good day. Yeah, they know there's an author coming in. They know what I've written, and and that I would say if if a, if a school's having a teacher in, they're going to feel inspired, are, aren't they? Yeah, if the children are prepared and they're excited and they recognise the author when they come in, it's not about the author being the big celebrity. It's about the big buzz, and then the events are ten times better. Yeah. Whereas you can go into schools and they. They don't even know who you are not to introduce you even. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and although that's fine because you're there to, to do your job, yeah, it, yeah. It, it makes such a difference if they've read or are aware of it. I mean, every of my book, the first chapter is free on my website, so you could at least... I think they're going to get a different that. experience, aren't yeah, they? Because, yeah. you know, if they were to meet David Beckham, they'd know who David Beckham is. And I know that, obviously, yeah, <laughs> David yeah. Be- everyone knows who David Beckham is, but they're going to get a different experience and meeting a footballer from down the road, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Not to disparage gonna... Halifax Town. <laughs> I know. Oh dear. <laughs> We're just having a Halifax joke here. <laughs> <laughs> They're but, doing really well. They're top, top of the table, aren't they? Or nearly. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, so this weekend just gone, so my husband, Ed, is the other director of Gotham Secrets. He doesn't like football, um, but he got invited to go to a football game um, well, we we both got invited to go to a few, and they were playing Yeovil. Yeah. Um, and um, my brother-in-law is from Yeovil, oh, and right. so we said, oh, because he would really like that. So he asked if he could take him, and they said yes. So the only reason why he went was nothing to do with this networking, was so that he could take my brother-in-law, oh. and they went and won, didn't well, they? they did. yeah. yeah, but anyway, yeah. That's an aside. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's get back to talking about books. <laughs> um, so Sean, um, who um, works for Customs Weekers, um, you've kind of answered this question already. Um, do you research the year groups and the curriculum before you start writing? Yeah, I find out. I find out. Like I wrote this. I wanted to do a series about a boy who could see ghosts and a girl who knew a lot about history. Mm-hmm. Who and together they would, I suppose, like raiders of the lost ark. He sort of sort of yeah. solve solve things and um so yeah I, and i looked at the main i asked teachers what are the main mm-hmm. areas and so i chose viking roman yeah iron age and it's the same with world war one and and two and mm-hmm. um so i do i do definitely and because I've, I've got to think about what i really want to write mm-hmm. i've got to think about my market as well and mm-hmm. unfortunately that that is that is how it is and because oh, no. you've got to you, you've, you, my, you, write wife, you want to sell it my wife says Think, don't think about them as books. Think about once they're written. Think about them as biscuits. Like you've made these lovely chocolate biscuits, but who likes chocolate biscuits? And you have to find out. And what sort mm. of chocolate biscuits do they want? Because if you just make a chocolate biscuit which is just got chocolate chips in it, yeah. they might not want that. They might want with the chocolate on top. And so you have to research what people want. And yeah. I, when I when I think about promoting the books, I think about biscuits a lot. In that <laughs> regard. I, I should buy you some biscuits now. Yeah. <laughs> But you're right though, and that's why you've written forty nine books, and yeah. that's why you haven't written five. Yeah. Because you're thinking about the did, market yeah, yeah. and what 
you know what teachers are going to want to pick up in terms of the topics they've got to teach right. um, and there's not a lot of time in the classroom is there yeah. so if you're going to do um a class read then you want it to be fitting in with your topic and but it still has to have the passion in it so it's still i still have to i have to choose a subject which really lights my fire as well you like yeah otherwise it won't have the soul in it that yeah. it needs i think yeah um, so Sean also wants to ask, um, what would you give as advice to children who want to become authors? Um, I, I get asked that a lot, and um, I, I always say, what well, I suppose what I've just said, write, write what you love mm-hmm. or what you hate. If you hate what's happening to the environment, write about that. Mm. But write with passion, write with, 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 with power, because it's something that really means a lot to you. So that's yeah. the main thing. I started with football, I write mm-hmm. history now, and I write... But I also write very personally, like in this, his his mum's really ill, mm. um, and things that happened to his mum in this happened to my mum when she was really ill, mm. and I write about that. And so you can write about football, but you can write about things that which I mean, it's twenty five years ago, but it still Personal makes me feel sad. You can bring in, yeah, yeah, and children now, like in the schools, are going through situations. So if if you can write about how mm. a ten year a ten year old boy would feel when his mum was really ill, then mm. you should. Yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely, because they're living it, aren't they, yeah, as well? So exactly. it's going to come across as passionate and um, real, I guess, as well. But I'd also say, um, what else would I say? I'd say, like, so write about what you're passionate about and read lots of different stuff. Yeah. Go to the school library, the public library, the bookshop, read books. But don't, if, you, if you start reading this and you don't like it after 10 pages, give up. Mm. Um, but before you give up, work out why this book didn't work for you. Was it yeah. boring? Were the characters no good? You can learn from reading bad books to become right. a better writer. But if yeah. you're loving a book, work out why you like it. Copy what that writer does. I did that. Yeah. And, and you, you create your own style That's from really a blend of all the different authors you love. And my third thing yeah. was, if you want to be a writer as a job, don't give up. It took me 20 years to get published, but all the books on those bookshelves in the library and the bookshops, they're the ones who didn't give up. Yes, that's there's, true. there's a thousand for every one of them. There's a thousand authors who gave up for everyone who didn't, mm. and that's. And did you say that you get one out of every four published? Um, no, three out of every three four. Three out of every now. four. Yeah, yeah now. now. Yeah. But still, that yeah. means it's still one out of every four, even though you get so many oh, yeah. published. I, I spent I spent six months, two years ago, writing a book, and no one would touch it, mm. and I was gutted. Six months. You know that that's that's a long time. Yeah, and that without that's, getting paid. Yeah, that's money as well as yeah, as well yeah. as time. It's money, and yeah. I'm not. I I make on average about six thousand pounds per book, mm. not per book sold, and um, per book I write. Yeah, and, yeah. And probably no, probably so, near a four thousand. So, so that's it's not, not a lot. At no, all. it's not. And but not enough to live on. No, which is why I do school visits as mm-hmm. well, and for helped by by my wife. But and it it works out mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant, thank you. Um, so Lee, um, when he was in school, he actually visited his school. Um, I told you that story beforehand. Um, but he wants to know what's the favourite, what's your favourite book that you've written? Armistice oh, Runner is my favourite that I've written. Um, first, because it's very personal, because it was about. Yeah. It's a great cover. Yes, and yeah, and the artist who did those two, he's doing yeah. the next one as well. He's called Tom yeah. Cole and. I love oh, them, and I love. They this remind me book. of the Lee Child ones, even though Do they're they? adults. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I look at them, yeah. but just because I loved writing it. They're for adults. Also. Yeah, 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 and um, but also because I, because I, I got, I don't win prizes, mm-hmm. but now I do, and it this this 
like yeah. I won four prizes in a fortnight. It was just ridiculous, and and that, it did make me feel good about myself. And yeah, well, as a result should. of that, I feel good about the book. And well, and the thing is as well, by the time you've published that one, you've had so many before. You well, you know, that's why you've won the award because you've you've kept tight and you've honed your skill and you've practiced and, yeah, and... made mistakes and not that yeah. I'll put any out. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favourite book written by somebody else? Um, with, when children ask that, I always, I always say like um, Anthony Horowitz mm-hmm. or Rosemary Sutcliffe, mm-hmm. who like fast-paced action thrillers, well-researched historical mm-hmm. novels. But my favourite ever author is, is um, or book, mm-hmm. is Wuthering Heights. Okay. Um, and I love that because I love the book. I love yeah. the, the landscape and everything. But I genuinely thought to be an author when I was, mm. say, 20, you had to be from London. You had to be posh and rich and mm. clever. And I didn't think I was any of those things. And, mm. I, and I read Wuthering Heights and I realised that this is by a young woman. I mean, forgetting all the, like, the, the nightmares of what it was like being a woman writing at the time, like trying yeah. to get published. But she, she wrote this, this mm. amazing book. She was northern. Mm. She was from like eight miles away. Yeah. Um, but, and she, was, she, she wrote about northern people i'm not saying yeah. like all books but she made me think reading that made me think that i could be a writer yeah. because she was yeah and like and she she jumped through a lot more hoops than i would, would ever have to, yeah. to to jump through and then um, that that's why i love that book because it empowered me yeah that's yeah. amazing and what i find really nice is that i think me as a reader who's not an author I don't necessarily look into the author stories, but you're talking a lot about looking into the author stories. So I guess if a child, or even a, a teacher, because I think quite a lot of teachers probably do fancy themselves as authors, it's important to look behind the books as well into authors if you want to be yeah. an author. Look at who you want to be. I think I I did. When I got into writing, I, I got obsessed with certain writers and I really looked mm. into their, their life, like Emily Bronte and yeah. other writers like that. And you could see what their lives were like and what they went through and mm. and it you might have seen oh I'm a, I was a bit like him this happened to him and mm. or her and 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 maybe I could be a writer and and but on the other hand like my wife doesn't care at all what's happened to writers in their lives she wants to read the book right, enjoy yeah. the book and it's 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 a thing it's a a cultural or artistic experience and mm. she didn't think of it that way but she she would she just wants to read the book and doesn't care about authors and yeah. I do, and I think I think it's because I wanted to be an author that yeah. I, you sort of latch onto and become yeah. obsessed. And with also them. because you are an author, you know you'll be you'll have a better idea of um, you know how the stories come to life. And I guess when you're reading a book, you'll be thinking about that common ground that you have. That yeah, the average reader doesn't as well. And also the personal thing, and I, I, I like writers, you know, they've put really personal stuff into their books based on. Mm something they've experienced or witnessed like his yeah. his dad is in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and he can't speak he speaks very few words because he's got had an operation on a brain tumor and mm-hmm. um that happened to me with my dad and that and i i i i, I love that i can put that into my books yeah. but, and i love it when i read about books by other authors who've mm-hmm. had experiences which have made them write certain books or write write about certain characters and that that makes it come alive for me that they're yeah. Because you write as well as write to be a writer and to, to make money and to be an author, you write because it's good for your head as well. Yeah, therapy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Therapy. To an extent, yeah. Um, just a question um, that I'm going to throw in there. 
um, because you keep picking up these books and I'm thinking about the feel of books. Um, how do you feel about uh, Kindle? I, I can't, I don't read on Kindle. Um, I like to, to have a book in my hands and I like to know, yeah. I like the feel of the book, but I'm, I'm old fashioned in some regards. Um, my wife and daughter both read on Kindles. They right, yeah. did when we were on holiday in the summer. And they, and the your books published on there as well. They are, some of them are, yeah, most of them are. And it's, I mean, it's great if people want to read it on a Kindle. Yeah. No, um, I just wonder, because some people yeah. are really um, passionate about the view, aren't they? Yeah, but I don't, I mean, yeah. Whatever, whatever people want. Or audio books as well, yeah, whatever. Oh, I love an audio yeah. book, but that's because I've got a one year old and a three year old. Right. That's the only. We can really yeah. read a book right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you do writing workshops then, yeah. how do you engage your children to write? I usually, I, I go in and I either ask the teacher before, like I'm doing writing workshops tomorrow in a school and mm -hmm. I've asked what she wants and she wants to focus on rugby mm -hmm. because Rugby World's coming up, it's a big rugby school. Yeah. So I've asked them what they're doing at the moment mm -hmm. and rugby was a thing but also they're doing war and mm -hmm. history so with them i'm gonna I'm, I'm thinking of like half a dozen famous sports people mm -hmm. who've also been involved in wars and we'll talk about them how i've done that in books i've put people in books who've been sports people and been involved in wars and then they'll come up with their own ideas for stories so it'll be very bespoke it's amazing because i'm thinking oh well, you're basically planning a lesson just for those children yeah, which then, is amazing because yeah. i bet not all authors do that. I bet they just go in and say, yeah, this is what I do. That's amazing. Yeah, but I mean, not and not in a, I wouldn't do like loads of planning, to be honest, mm. to be honest. I, and I just... No, but even thinking, you don't have to write it down. Yeah. Not thinking through, you are planning it. I, yeah, and I have a basic structure. We, If mm -hmm. we've got the time, I'll do the whole, um, right, let's make up a story together. Mm -hmm. Who, what, when, where, why, when, how, or whatever the six are. And, and we'll answer all those questions, then they'll do the same mm -hmm. and they'll create their own story. I work with the Imperial War Museum and the RAF Museums as mm -hmm. well. And I do workshops in those venues. Yeah. And then the children go out and look at an artifact or even a plane and mm -hmm. they'll write a story around that based on that, you know, what, who, when, where, why, mm -hmm. how. And that, that's the rough structure. But it, I mean, I'm not saying I'm doing loads of prep because probably winging it a bit, to be honest. No, but. I don't think that bit matters. Yeah, yeah. The point is, you're doing something that is gonna it is it gonna engage the children, right. but is what they're actually doing. Yeah. You know, it's gonna fit in for for a teacher. I just think that's amazing. And in this school tomorrow, they've got that you know that cadet thing they do in some schools. Yeah. They do they do that, so it'll they'll have the they've got the whole rugby ethos. It's a boys' mm -hmm. school um, that has a lot a lot of rugby stuff going mm -hmm. on, mm -hmm. and um, they've got the cadet thing as well. So they'll they'll probably be engaged with the, with the, yeah. with the rugby and the war yeah. stuff. Yeah. And that might lead to quite interesting stories because that's yeah, going to be what they're writing. into, isn't it? Yeah, yeah hopefully. absolutely. But then you'll go to another school and it'll be none of that at all. They'll want something completely different. Yeah, but it's great that you will tailor um, to that school. We did one when um, when we were doing these. Um, we did one, um, I went into a school and um, we, uh, me and the caretaker buried some artefacts. Like I had some wow. replica Saxon See, this is this is a lesson. <laughs> yeah, and we went and we buried them. We went out with um with a thingy. What do you yeah. Call it. Um. Yeah, um, metal detector. Metal detector, and we found 
yeah. <laughs> and they found it and they, they, knew, they it. sort of half knew but then we put the artifacts and we tried to create a story about who's the who did this belong to mm. where they buried it yeah. where did they have to go you know yeah. how how did things develop and and we know that they're it's Anglo-Saxon artifacts, so it's got might, maybe that's a flea because of the Vikings, and then you can tie it into history. It's ace. That was yeah, a whole day yeah. of that's archaeology. so engaging for yeah, children. It was. And for us as well, it was brilliant. Yeah, well, this is it. Loads yeah. of good fun. Um, so obviously, we're talking about um, when you go into a school, um, and I noticed on your website you've got um, a video about editing, and editing is quite a big uh, yeah. thing for teachers right now. So, what are your top tips for children when they're editing the writing? I suppose I did it with a short piece of writing, not a long thing. I'd like so like a couple of paragraphs. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say you can all you can get out. I'm editing something at the moment. You can always like you can always remove loads. Mm -hmm. you can, so I say like take five things out that aren't working. Put five new. Well, no, like put five new things in to make it richer. Mm -hmm. Now take five things out to make it stronger. Maybe replace some things like could that word be stronger and just mm -hmm. just all that sort of thing then I'd say read it aloud as well yeah. and just and just any anything that I write will will change almost entirely yeah and and to, just to be free to do it and I suppose the big the the sound the context behind that, that I'll talk about will be um if you want to write something just write it mm -hmm. and stick it in a drawer that's fine but if you want someone to read something you you have to think about it from the reader's point of view. So you kind of have to, to edit it is to prepare it for, for the reader. For the reader. And how can you engage them? How can you like put a cliffhanger in, make, make um, put interesting words in mm. it, make the dialogue really fresh, practice the dialogue in a conversation. And Does it work? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and all those sorts of things, I suppose, to just to improve it. And that to know it's hard to get the dialogue sounding correct yeah but if, yeah. if you if you actually talk it through mm. if you perform it like a play script yeah that's often how i do dialogue if i'm not on the train <laughs> just talking yeah. to yourself yeah well but you see all these great tips yeah just, you know get the children to perform it and then write it afterwards yeah. that's an amazing idea why have we not thought of that before there'll be hundreds of teachers now listening thinking well i already do that yeah they will. um <laughs> yeah but no that is that's great um, so, what's your favourite period of history and why? Um, my favourite one is the. Um, I'm really interested in the Iron Age. Mm -hmm. I've not really done much about one of these. is about is about an Iron Age hill fort. Mm -hmm. um, but I, but three of the books that I haven't managed to get published are set in the Iron Age, mm -hmm. um, and I just love it. it because we know so little about it mm -hmm. about the Iron Age. We don't. There's some evidence. There's some archaeological yeah. evidence. There's it's hard to teach because we don't know that much no, about it. There's Roman writings mm -hmm. which are, are skewed massively mm. for political purposes to make the Romans appear good and us or the, the you know the original people who lived yeah, here, yeah. the Britons or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's I'm really interested in that. But as a writer, you can create your own world and mm. you it could be right. Whereas if you write about the Romans, you mm. you have to know loads of stuff mm. to get your facts right but with the iron age you, it's like halfway between complete fantasy writing and yeah. historical writing and particularly a like a lot of artistic license exactly and in the yeah. north of england we we know a lot about the iron age about Boudicca, like mm. in the south of england yeah but in the north of england there was the the brigantes tribe tribe who are a massive 
um, tribe and um, they were really and they had Katamandu who was their leader she was another female yeah. leader and she she did deals with the Romans to protect her people yeah. instead of taking them all off to like be slaughtered by the Romans and mm -hmm. I'm just really interested in her and there's landmarks around here like um, Castle Hill in Huddersfield mm -hmm. and um, Ingleborough just up yeah. Ingleborough just up there um, up the road that, that that were Iron Age sites and so yeah. I, I'm really interested in that but I've not I've um, I'm working on that working on it yeah so out next year probably well uh, give it give it <laughs> five five years yeah um do you write so do you write your books for different ability levels then yeah i mean one one of the brilliant things about being published by barrington stoke is that they i write i write so this is like just uh this is kind of seven plus mm -hmm. um this is like nine plus um but writing for barrington stoke they some of their books are um you write the content for say nine-year-olds mm -hmm. but the 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 language might be for six to seven year old because with Barrington Stoke as well as they um they design their pages so it's off-white mm -hmm. um the the font is designed to help dyslexic and visual stress yeah sufferers um it's all laid out and edited in a way that will appeal to yeah. to those sorts of readers and, and be less likely to put them off mm -hmm. and so they they have different levels and so one of my books which I've not got ghost stadium is aimed at 12 year olds mm -hmm. but the language is for seven-year-olds so it's for struggling readers it's really yeah. short but it's about year nine boys doing doing something yeah. really dangerous and you wouldn't give it to a seven-year-old no because of what happens in it but it looks and it reads right for that age group and Barrington yeah. Stoke do that if you go on their website yeah. barringtonstoke.co.uk it lists the different age levels like the content and, mm. the, and the language for for each book and I guess um, the comprehension can be there then for yeah, an exactly. older reader. Yeah, whereas something like this is more like this, that irregular seven-year-old re seven-year-old reader age reader wouldn't really engage with it. Mm -hmm. But but sort of some of the other ones are are designed for that. So by me, but also by the publisher. So how many times do you edit a book then before you send it off? You usually it's roughly eight. Eight times. But the one I'm writing now, I'm I'm already on the eighth draft and I'm nowhere near where it needs to be. So do you do you like when you've done an edit, do you start again or do you go on to something else and come back to it because you're fed up of it? Yeah, I, yeah, with like with the one I'm writing now, I'm gonna finish the first I call it the first draft, but it's kind of like most of it will have been through six drafts. I'm going to finish it. Then I'm going to write one of these in October. Right. Then yeah. In November, December, I'll go back to the yeah. the one I'm writing now. Because having a break is a good thing, I think, and you see it fresh. So, yeah. 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 It's good. Yeah. Cool. I just really wanted to know that one. Um. Okay. I'm going to just ask you a few quick fire questions now right. because we're coming to an end. You've been so great. Thank you. Thank you. Um. <laughs> so, who was your favourite teacher and why? Um. My favourite teacher was. At night school, I didn't do well at school, so I went back to school to do. I went to do A level English literature, mm -hmm. and she was called Sue House ago, and she she was passionate mm -hmm. about um, reading. And the the one thing that stands out is I hated poetry. Mm -hmm. She said, "Right today we're going to we're going to go into the studio and we're going to watch a film about um, a poetry film." And I said, like, "Oh God!" And I nearly I thought about knocking off and just not because it was optional. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then um, it was a poem about by Tony Harrison called V. 
mm. which is about which is set right next to Ellen Road where Leeds United play and which is who I support and um, I couldn't believe there was a, a long narrative poem based around Ellen Road and football and she she was a bit you know she thought of me as the reader and how she could draw me into poetry and she yeah. thought I'll choose that one and and she did that all the way through she took us to to Haworth when we stood in mm. Wuthering Heights she she took us to places and made us engage with literature in a way that wasn't boring which is amazing really to say that she did that for adult learners yeah yeah sometimes we, were, we was, just don't do that do I was we? 20 yeah yeah that's brilliant yeah. um okay so what are the three biggest changes that you've seen in education three yeah um you can tell me just one if you want um teachers are getting younger <laughs> um, um no the, the big one for me is is reading for pleasure mm -hmm. is a bigger thing on the agenda now and there seems to be more time 10 years ago it was all about like little excerpts mm. in the classroom and analyzing the excerpt whereas now schools are doing reading whole books and tweeting about it and talking about it and yeah. i think that's wonderful mm -hmm. and I, I think the whole reading for pleasure you can see schools children i think the children's attitude to reading is is growing mm -hmm. more positive all the time and i think that's because teachers are finding the time to read whole books mm -hmm. i don't know how they do it because i know there's a lot of pressure on them but mm -hmm. that reading a whole book with with a classroom is wonderful and it's really bearing fruit i go all over the country and it is bearing fruit and it's the engagement with with the love of the story i think part of it is um so i mean some schools do still do carousel guided reading um and that's where you might read a book um and then you you read um a chapter with one group and then you read a different chapter of a different book with another group the next right. day and it can take you quite a while to yeah, get through yeah, it yeah. whereas a lot of schools now are doing whole class guided reading yeah, yeah. and and you can kind of fit more sessions in of that and, mm. and get through more and they're all reading the book together. Um, so I think that is helpful. My football reading game, one of the things we do is, I, one of the things I do is I ask children what they like to read. And when we get to the bit about books, it used to, 10 years ago, it was, it was always, and these are great writers, but it would be Jacqueline Wilson, Roald Dahl, mm. um, and, and one other author, like round and round the same authors mm. now. You'll go around and they'll be they'll say thirty different authors' mm. names, and um, because something has changed, yeah. And I'm sure how schools are dealing with reading for pleasure is is a major thing behind that. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's investment in more books that children want to read as yeah. well. Um, because they're not just reading the same authors who are wonderful authors. Those two authors I mentioned, oh, yeah. but they're not they're they're reading more broadly, and so some of them will now like you get a lot of them saying Eva Ibbotson. Or you know different authors they've mm. read these books that they've really loved in school yeah. and it's wonderful. Which is really good. Yeah, thank you. Um, so so that's a very quick fire from me. I yes. apologise. No, it's fine. Um, nobody ever answers the quick fire questions quickly. Right. Um, who's your inspiration within education? What um, within education? Mm. What as a as, a, as a, an educated any, per, as someone who was educated or in, any person or who you could say is linked to education. Who you find an inspiration? My my inspiration is um, is um, a teacher called a head teacher called Simon Robinson mm -hmm. in at a school called Cotman Hay Junior School, which is in um, Ilkeston. I think it's in Ilkeston. Yes, it is. And um, he it's a really really tough neighbourhood. It's it's in the middle of a, a really tough um, area, the toughest mm -hmm. one of the toughest things you could imagine. And he's him and the staff at mm -hmm. his school obviously 
the whole staff have created this school that the children really want to go to and mm -hmm. they reward them and they, they they make them passionate particularly with literacy mm. and um they i i just and he comes under a lot of pressure yeah of various kinds which i won't go into because mm -hmm. it probably wouldn't be fair to him and um that and he, he coats with all that with his staff to 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 care about these children and give them a chance a chance to to for some of them, not all of them in yeah. that school, but for the, some of them to get out of, to to get out of environments which, which are very difficult. Yeah. And I think it, it's not just education; it's not just like passing exams. It, it's like giving them a chance to have any sort of a decent Whole life. Child. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that they're, they're amazing. I love them. Brilliant. Shout out to Simon. Yeah, go Simon. Yeah. Um, and what did you want to be when you grew up? In fact, this is is this dedicated to. This might be the one that, yeah, there you go, Simon Robinson, there you go. There you go, Simon. Um, nothing. I didn't <laughs> want to be anything when I grew up. Because, um, and I believe, I believe because I didn't read for pleasure. Mm -hmm. I didn't really have any ambitions until I read for pleasure. Mm. But once I started reading for pleasure, I wanted to visit places. Mm. I wanted to try things that characters had done in books yeah. that I had no idea about. I wanted to go to places. I wanted to experience things i wanted to eat things you know all these sort yeah, of things yeah, that, yeah. that i'd seen in books i wanted to think about things in different ways mm. or from different people's points of view mm. and and all those things made me have ambitions and mm. and gave me things i wanted to be when i grew up but until i read for pleasure i had no ambition or desire to be anything when i grew up that's amazing thank you so much this thank has you. been so insightful and um i think this was a good question yeah um i think they came from other people right. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i think there's some great content there that teachers are going to be able to use um especially with the editing i think that that's a really good one um so everything that you've mentioned um we'll make sure it's in the show notes as well um so that's just the thing that goes along with the podcast so they'll be able to find you and they'll be able to get into school but there's there's loads on my website there's loads of resources um, but there's also like I've, I've got posters and bookmarks that I can post to schools um, just if you contact us via the website because you're going to be inundated yeah well I hope so because we've got we've got stacks of posters I ordered too yeah. many so yeah all right well there you go there's your shout out get ordering those posters <laughs> and thanks very much no thank you thank you so much Thank you so much for listening. Would you like to hear from more authors? I'm sure we've all fancied ourselves as authors at some point. Most teachers do. And I've always struggled with the planning stage, so it was helpful to know how in-depth Tom's planning actually is. I always thought that if you knew something about a character, then you'd have to weave it into the story. But I guess it makes sense that you don't. You'll find everything that Tom talked about in the show notes. And let me know which other authors you want to listen to and what you'd like me to ask them. If it's the first time that you're listening to the Teacher's Podcast, then check out our other episodes for some more great listens. We're always securing more fantastic guests, and if you want to request that someone is on the podcast, then you can let us know in our Facebook group called The Teacher's Podcast Community. This episode is live on YouTube, 
so don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Did you love this episode? Then please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. See you next week. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.